Welcome to Gaia's Voice. I'm Pepper Lewis. For the last 20 years, I've had the privilege of listening to our Earth speak directly through me in a process that is sometimes called channeling. Over centuries, our Earth has been called Gaia, an affectionate and friendly term that simply means life-giving. I hope you'll find Gaia's words as meaningful and direct as I have. Welcome to Gaia's Voice. Very well. We lend ourselves to the task at hand once again. We beseech you continue. Hello, Gaia. Indeed, and good eve. I have been doing um, healing work for about We understand you have a vehicle now. I do. I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you very much for your assistance in that area. Indeed. The color pleases you, I assume. Forest green, yes. Very, ah. very good. Can we not call it Gaia green, at least for the eve? Gaia green, that'll ah, do. I'll call it that forever. You. Very well, sweet. Yes. Continue. Well, in uh, the healing profession, uh, I find myself from time to time getting frustrated with um, people who are so out of balance, I almost don't know where to begin, or I feel like they, it will take them many lifetimes to get through their fears. And I'm wondering if there's any shortcut to enlightenment, I guess, is, that, is basically, you know, what, it, what would be the best way to just like plug them into their divine source and help them remember who they are? Very well. Here is the difficulty with humanity now. Hold this, please. That is the difficulty with humanity. Because this is what humanity does in every moment. They will take this and they will give it to another, hold this. Ah, ah, yes. With their energy, with their bodies, with their health, with their questions. Now what does a healer do? Ah, with a nice bottle. Let us refill it for you. Let yes. us recap it for you. Let us energize it for you. Let us infuse it with light for you. Let us carefully and gently and pristinely give it to you that you would hold it as a treasure that it is. Yes? Yes. What does the individual do then? Hold this. <laughs> mm. And from this one then they will say, take this. And then they will drop it and pick it up and give it to the next one. Fix it. Hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. It is a bit frustrating. Yes. Because they do not see the vessels that they are in as precious. Mm. Do you know what Gaia does as she enters this vessel's body? Just so. Pretty, pretty. They're there. Organized. They're there. Did you have a bad day, sweet? Let us smooth it out a bit. <laughs> are your meridians a bit twisted? Let us see if we cannot align them just a bit. Do you know what the channel does when she returns home after that? The same as all of the other ones do. <laughs> Take the bottle, go to the home, throw open the refrigerator door. I'm starving. <laughs> I have worked so very hard this eve. And they will take the gentle bottle, toss it on the counter, and find a bit of junk. Mm -hmm. Now, what does Gaia do the very next day? There, there, sweet. Yes. Did you consume a bit of junk that doesn't feel so very good? <laughs> Shall we smooth out the tummy a bit? 
Does the head ache a bit? Hmm. Gaia will turn her head while she goes to the coffee machine <laughs> and then return again and say, very well, there, there. And that is the job of the healer. Mm -hmm. It is a frustrating job. And what you can do is to educate those that come to you, just as I have done, with a bit of levity, with a smile on your face where possible. But to take this and to say, look here, this is your body. This is the treasure. And I feel it for you and energize it for you and make it just so. Do not then take of this and pour it out. And there, toss it. We will clean it later, dear. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Do not then treat this thus. It is the river of life that is placed in here. It is the energy and the sweetness and the bliss, the totality and the whole. See how already it is less than empty. By the time a life is only halfway through, there is this much left, this mm. much energy. And so the healer then tries to replace it with this much light, alignment, modalities, what it would be. And that is why it is so frustrating for the healers now. It is why they will grasp at one modality after another to restore the being to wholeness. Yes. But it is the being themselves that must draw the water to wholeness and there hold it as pure and as holy. And so be frustrated, but with all of humanity then, not simply those that are drawn to you, for all do about the same. And there is a great capacity for humanity to change this in this life. But it is a bit more time before they will see how precious life is. They do not yet see it. Would it perhaps be in my lifetime? Yes. All right. But you must look for it. You must look for those that say it is precious and whole. Mm -hmm. For there will always be those that will toss it aside in their youth or in their ignorance. Okay. It comes. Take heart and take light. And call upon Gaia to smooth a bit of your own ruffled feathers. Well, thank you very much. Very I well. shall. <laughs> We're back to Dear Gaia. Are there um, any valid tools available on the planet to understand more about the language of light? And can you give some examples of those tools and how we might find them? There are no tools at this time that would be appropriately called forth. The language of light is that which exists beyond all other languages. It was the first language, it is the only language, it will be the last language, it will be the next language. The language of light is that which dwells in all dimensions. The language of light is a frequency. The language of light is a sound. It is a sound that creates light. Light creates sound, sound creates light. The two together form a language. It is the language that belongs to the soul. The soul has no use for human tools other than your beingness or your awareness. 
you, in essence, you, the soul that you are, are the tool, the oversoul's tool, the tool of all that is, and the individual self and that awareness as well are the tool of light. The language then is the soul's language. The purpose responds to the language of light. When one lives one's purpose wholeheartedly, one is speaking the language of light. When one goes about in ignorance, one forgets the language of light and begins to look about for human tools and such by which to remind oneself. In order to be a part of that language, one needs to dwell deeply within. One needs not say, I have a soul, but I am a soul. Not I respond to a God, but I am also God. I am student, I am teacher, I am all that is, I am wisdom, I am seeking, finding, answer and question. All of this is part of language of light. Language of light is awareness. It is a language of consciousness. It is the creative language of all that is. To speak the language of light is to be a creative resource, is to be a tool rather than to seek a tool. The language of light then is spoken by creators. It is what places one in creatorship. Not simply manifesting. That is for the youth, it is for the young to say, I am now manifesting. A true master then, or one that would master this dimension, would be one that creates based upon light. Manifests, creates, dissolves, enacts based upon light. Those true beings that speak deeply and within you, these speak the language of light. By the time that is processed into what you are termed channeling or like that, it is already minor in comparison to what was received from within. So be it. It must be thus for now. We speak with a candle's light until the language of light becomes the norm. There are those that recall deeply this language from other worlds or from other times. And this remembrance causes them to draw upon it what they can, whether it is a memory or a moment or a desire. And so it will stay within. So it will be that flicker of a flame, that imaginary candle that dwells within. The language of light always is. It is never diminished. It is why two candles will join their flames and still be united as one, not greater. The flame is still the same. The language of light always is, always dwells within, always speaks to the consciousness, always relates to all beings of all worlds, of all varieties, matters not their place of descent, their state of awareness or ignorance, matters not where they were born or to where they will retire. The language of light is oblivious to all this and belongs to all that dwell within and as part of the light. It is. The light is. Language is. And to pardon the pun, the language of humanity or the spoken word cannot but hold a candle light to the language of light. So be it. Humanity continues to seek it, and so it will find it and speak of it. Very well.
Thank you. I have a question for myself. You um, asked when we started this evening of what to think or to question what brought us here or what we're seeking, and so I've been, it keeps coming back into my mind, so my question. Interesting how I have caused it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it hasn't, you cannot but set it aside. It hasn't stopped, and, and in my life there have been times when I have turned away from seeking, being frustrated with it, and always being drawn back. So my question, Gaia, is what is it that I am seeking? You are seeking that which is. You are not seeking yourself. You are not seeking self-awareness. You are not seeking a particular subject, and it does not have a particular time associated with you seek that which is. Now, that which is is somewhat of a bubble. And in that bubble, many things are contained. Anything that can be answered, that which is, is, is contained in that bubble and is what you seek. For instance, that which is light. That which is wisdom. That which is truth that which is unfolding before me, that which is guidance knowing, all that can be answered in such fashion, that which is, is. This is what you seek. And it is a fulfillment of sorts. What you seek is to have that bubble of fulfillment, that knowledge, that uncovering, that truth. You seek, in essence, to turn back and behind yourself see that which follows you. You seek in far vision that which appears to be beyond you. And yet there is a part of you that knows deeply and wholly that it is within you already. That which is. You also are that which is. In essence, you are seeking yourself. You are seeking a reality that can contain you, and that is impossible. You seek the impossible, but the impossible also is. The impossible is possible because the possible is. Yes, it is esoteric. Yes, we stir the mind quite a bit. How difficult to the monkey mind, yes. You seek the impossible because the possible you know. All that is possible you already know and you have already experienced in more than one life, in more than one place within you or without. But to seek the impossible because the impossible is, that is part of your purpose. But because it all seems so very impossible is why you have little faith for the balance of humanity because it seems almost impossible. Almost impossible that humanity would get it, find it, have it, keep it. Almost impossible, but not so almost that you do not continue to seek it. And so the question is, all that is, is. 
the impossible also is possible. And that is the question and the answer that will make of you a master, a riddle that confounds and conflicts. But the moment you answer that riddle, your mastery is assured. Now, the other aspect of that is that you continue to set aside your mastery. And that is another subject that we must address, but perhaps not now. So I will cause you again to consider that for a fortnight or so. <laughs> Why is it that I set aside my mastery? So near at hand is it? For of all things that seem to you impossible, that is quite possible in this life. You have deep compassion for others. And others see you as impossibly masterful. And because they see you as impossibly masterful, they hold themselves at bay. And because they hold themselves at bay, you say to yourself, I must not be a master. For look how they hold themselves apart from me. It is a paradox, yes? It is worth answering and you will answer it in this life, sweet. You will not answer to Gaia, but you will answer to your mastery. It is already upon and within you. You can sidestep it a bit longer, if you will. But it is lodged in your very own welcome mat. And each time that you find yourself on your own doorstep, you cross the threshold to mastership. And each time you leave that beautiful, sweet place within you, you cross it again. Perhaps dwell upon that mat that says, Welcome, Master. The master part is written in secret ink, but you cannot see it. But it is imprinted on the soles of your feet, I assure you. Yes? Sweet dream, sweet one. A question from one of the subscribers about the responsibility of a being for calling forth energy from beyond time and space. Sounds to me like if they call upon the energy such as channeling, such as Gaia comes to the channel, what is the responsibility of that being in receiving that energy perhaps is the question. Very well. Now, do you believe the channel, for instance, is responsible for all that Gaia is and does? What a great burden that would be. What a great joy as well. But the answer is no. The channel is no more responsible for that which is and Gaia does than Gaia is responsible for her own ability to manage her affairs. And yet it is a partnership. Yet, in this moment, the two are as one. I, in command of the channel's body, she in command of her own faculties. In some moments, Gaia in the background, 
in some moments in the foreground as in now, and it would be the same with all other teachers that would come forward as well. The responsibility then lies in the partnership itself. The responsibility lies in the command of the faculties and the purpose by which the two come together. If one is inquisitive by nature and out of curiosity calls upon a simple or a great folk for a question or an answer or a moment of entertainment for an eve, the responsibility lies only within that eve, only within what was brought forth or created in that moment or in that time. In all those that found themselves creatively interested in that moment or in that eve, equally share in that responsibility, for they co-created it. Those who are gathered here this eve, for instance, co-created the coming forth of Gaia, interact with it by presence, and are responsible for the moment itself, whether it is received or discarded, or in what way it is a responsibility. Those that have then a deeper relationship with what we will term spirit or spirit teacher or spirit guide to the degree that they invite that energy to participate in the life, be it the moment or for an exercise or for a teaching, to the degree that they invite that is the degree that they are responsible for it in co-creating it and managing it now and while that energy exists. For instance, I will give to you another example. The audio recordings that are produced of this evening are co-created by the channel and by Gaia. And it is the channel's responsibility, the topics, the energy, the physical discs, and all such, while there is meaning to that subject, while there is interest, while there are held or beheld, there is a co-creative interest and a partnership, a vested interest in these. And that responsibility is a sacred one. So it is not one created by a law, but we will call it one based upon universal law. Where one draws forth an energy, one is responsible for and to that energy. If one consumes a food, one is responsible for the effects of that food upon one's body all of the way through the digestive system and the elimination system. One is responsible for one's health, one is responsible for the energies that one draws. It is all energy. This is not by way of offering caution or to say beware of that which you draw upon, but be aware. It is to be in awareness of what one calls upon, what is its purpose, what is its development, whom will partake, what will avail of it. And if it is purposeless, then better to set it aside. And if it is purposeful, then it is worthy of the responsibility, for again it is a sacred one. The body that calls an energy is a sacred one, so it is an altar that receives the energy. It is a co-creative effort then. One is in sacred relationship with one's soul, with one's guides, with one's essence and all that one draws upon. 
and that energy extends as far as one's consciousness allows. If one is unconscious to that which one draws upon, then there is less responsibility. One is as responsible again as conscious awareness allows. That is why children are held less responsible than adults. Their consciousness, their wisdom that they have gathered thus far does not wholly allow them to know. Those who know, know. And those who know better, know better. And those who know greater, know greater. And responsibility goes thus. And such is the universal law that accompanies it. Perhaps we will consider the question answered. Gaia, would you speak about the recognition of one's, that one is living one's purpose? Be more specific. Um, how one knows that one is living one's purpose. You've spoken about the Oversoul um, helping keep within the purpose of the being on the planet. And when one feels, is joy a piece of it? I mean, is there... Um, when one recognizes that one is truly embraced and is living one's purpose, what are signs or what would you, would you speak of that? So. Very well. Indeed, many thanks. One never truly and completely knows that one is living one's purpose. Because if one knew that one had lived or was living one's purpose, that part of the purpose would be complete. The moment one completes a purpose, the purpose, life is somewhat pretty much over. And yet there is great value in a body and a life. So the soul will continue to create another purpose, a deeper purpose, a greater purpose, a sweeter purpose, and make of it many fold. For as long as the soul desires to be in life or in body, there will and there must be a purpose. So the soul will create an essential purpose, a sevenfold purpose, a creative purpose, a childlike purpose, an invisible purpose, an unconscious purpose, a masterful purpose. And so to all those that would seek their one purpose in life, it is not altogether thus. There is an overarching purpose that guides the way, that lights the path. And this you will know, but never completely. Now, that being said, there is a knowingness. One of the qualities is a peace. It is a quality of peace that says, I am. I am well. It does not necessarily have to be joy, but it is I am. I am well aligned. There is peace within me. Therefore go I, I dwell within that light. I dwell within a truth that is my own. When one is living one's purpose, one lives within one's beingness. Energetically, it would be as if living within one's means, without a great deal of debt elsewhere. One lives within one's beingness, 
and however great and grand that beingness is that moves and expands and undulates, it is all within one's beingness. One does not dwell over there. One dwells here. This is where I dwell. This is where I am. And there is a quality of living with and by the I am. Now, simply because many do not notice this does not mean that they are not being purposeful. It simply means that they are not in the totality of their purpose or have not wholly embodied yet. There are many that are in such search of their purpose that they do not even recognize that it is here and within them already. They search for something outside of them that is purposeful. And many times they search because others search. The search may be over, it may be unnecessary, but because they have been taught to seek and to search, they do as well. There is a difference between being purposeful and seeking one's purpose. There is a difference between living purposefully and finding a fate or a purpose associated with that. Life itself is purposeful. If it were not purposeful, it could not be. If you were not purposeful, you could not now draw a breath. It would be impossible for you to do so. For it is your conscious awareness that seeks that breath and then the next one. It seems as if it were an automatic response of the body, but it is more an automatic response of the soul that wishes to dwell in a third dimensional life bond. So life is purposeful and within the search for purpose, there is an expansion of self and self-awareness and self-development that is many-fold. You will note that those that do not search or even know that they have a purpose sometimes are more in joy than others, for they already carry it within them. It is not an ignorance. It is simply because they are content in that which they are. So it is already there, contained in their awareness. It is not over there. Do you know how many that will dwell in the city believe that their purpose is on top of that mountain over there? So they take themselves and they place themselves repeatedly upon the mountain. But what is it that they are placing upon the mountain? It is not the mountain that is placing themselves in them. The mountain continues to be what it is, where it is. It is the beings that carry that great wisdom, that great awareness, and they take it to the mountain. They replace it within themselves. They take the great breath that says, I am. They do not take the mountain home with them. They take the I am that they have refound, rediscovered home with them. That is the great gift of the mountain top, if you like. It returns the I am. It is the lost and found if you like. <laughs> the mountain finds for you what you have lost elsewhere. Yes? Very well. Okay, the, the subscribers sent many, many questions about what to do or where to place light or what works best and due to uh, not getting through all the specific questions. I'm, I'm wondering if you can just um, 
How do I put? One of the questions had to do with, is it better to uh, give the self light rather than projecting to others? And another question had to do with sending light to the areas of conflict currently going on in the world, and is that of benefit? And to summarize um, the thought being, why is there such a, a question on doing? <laughs> Very well. I don't, it's, it's. The question is light and light and light. And for the most part, it is because many do not quite understand what light is. But they know that there is a code or a secret within that light. That great secret is called power. It is the power of intent. It is the power of will. It is the power that is divine will. And divine will can be easily expressed as light. And so for those that rejoin their divinity or have forgotten their divinity, their ability to divine their own nature, they remember in the background of their memories and such that there was a time in which they were great and powerful beings. And there was a time that even by thought they were able to direct and that even by thought and light and will, they were able to heal. And so in the background of that memory then comes that great desire forward to do so again. Those that wish to send light to areas of conflict, it is well, it is good, and it is also well and good to begin with areas of conflict within their own mind. Those that wish to send light elsewhere are often conflicted in their own life, in their own mind. And because they cannot relieve themselves of that conflict, there would be a preference or a desire to relieve conflict elsewhere, be it upon the earth or within the earth, or where there is strife or hunger or anger or battlement. When one sends light, one does not truly know what they are sending. One sends, in truth, intent. They send a desire. They send a part of themselves to dissipate an energy. Those that send light wish to ease a conflict but at the same time they wish not know very much about other conflicts. They will send light to areas to ease, but they will not place themselves among ease. They place themselves within conflict. By sending light elsewhere, there is the intent to do good deed, good work, to have good intent, to be in divine order and divine will. And as the universal laws are expressed, this returns in kind. Now, those that send divine light or divine will do not do so selfishly. They do not, for instance, say, if I send light there, it will be returned to me tenfold. But there is a part of their beingness that knows that in good intent and in good work, 
there is an expansion of consciousness for all concerned. Now, in the question, is it better or important to give light to oneself or to the individual before and beyond sending light elsewhere, we'll say yes. It is important to begin with the self, but with the true self. It is important to begin in self-awareness. Why is it that the channel begins to bring Gaia forth by placing herself, seating herself, and saying, between all that dwells in heaven and earth, let consciousness be awareness now. It is because the self must first become aware of what it is. And the self becoming aware of the what, all things are possible. And as we have said but moments ago, the impossible becomes possible. When one first makes of oneself a possibility of the all, the all now dwells within as possible, then light becomes energy, can travel, can be. Those that simply begin elsewhere, it is as if their journey takes them elsewhere but does not bring them home. So it is always excellent to leave one's home home, to begin the first step, home, be the first step awareness or light, induction, invocation, energy, intent, will or what it may be. To thine own self be true, certain words were spoken. So one must begin in truth, in divine truth, that divine will may therefore be expressed. It is well and good to offer good works round the world. And it is well and good to offer good works to oneself as well. Will this also be part of the purpose? Remember that we have said but moments ago as well that many will seek over there the purpose. Over there is the conflict. Across the world, across the continent, across the street, across the neighbor, across the other family, dwelling within the other heart or what it may be. No, begins here. Begins in self and self-awareness, self-encouragement, self-divining, self-motivating, self-will that becomes the divine will. So be it, sweet. We answer the question thusly. Thank you. I have another question for you. Um, over the past year, there's been a lot of talk about the influx of new energies and that we would be feeling these energies. And I have to admit that I'm finally feeling the energies to the point that my body feels like the circuitry is being fried. And I'm wondering if the body will acclimate to these, acclimate or adapt to the new level of energies rather than I feel agitated and jittery and very uncomfortable with this and not able to function in a way that I'm normally functioning. And I've heard other people have the same experience. Is there anything that you can um, 
give us as an ending perhaps to talk about these energies and how to uh, deal with them? None whatsoever, sweet. Okay. <laughs> the energies of agitation and such that you feel are common. And they are indeed because the density of one dimension is coming up just next to the lightness of the other. It is a bit as if you see an image where there is white and black just next to one another and the eyes dart back and forth uncomfortably, dwell on the white, dwell on the black, balance between the two, attempt to merge them together into some form of grey, avert the eyes altogether. It is that difficult between the dimensions now. And I do not say this in terms of the struggle between the dark and the light and such conflicts as the mind may create. Literally, there are dimensions come next to each other. And so it feels very much like this to the being, one dimension and one being right here. Mm. Here, and here is your life, and here is your life again, and here is a family member, and here is a bit of business, and here is a bit of a financial problem, and how is your sleep, by the way? And are you eating well? Are you comfortable? You're not feeling any crowd, are you? Are you quite comfortable in your life? No. Shall I rest upon you a bit longer? No. Will you carry me a bit? I am so tired of carrying myself, and you seem so very strong. What strong shoulders you have. Does it feel a bit like that? <laughs> that, that seems heavier than fried, but yeah, a bit like that. Very well. Until approximately the 2008 time frame, it will be a bit like that. Then will come a time of alleviating, because the two energies or the two fields by then will have merged a bit. And in that merging, humanity will as well ease. It will be as if the seasons of consciousness ease a bit. The 2008 will be for many that are in conflict now, a bit of ease, a brevity. It will feel as if you walk just a bit lighter on your feet. You will not know exactly what is different, but you will say, ah, some of that weight must have been lifted. I must be doing great works. All will walk about saying, all that work I did the last few years, it must really have paid off, certainly so. And it will be because the energies of density have lightened a bit. Now, interestingly, science will measure about that time that gravity feels a little bit different as well. For truly, the gravity upon the Earth will be different by then. And they will note that even the content of the air, how much oxygen is in the air compared to the other nutrients and gases and such, will be of a slightly different composition. So you will be breathing slightly less density of air into your lungs, which will as well be a bit euphoric for many. And there will be those that say, it all seems a bit better. I am not certain why, but it all seems a bit better. This will not be the same all way round the earth, but it will be thus for many. It will be for many that will receive it thusly, and it will be for many that will take note of it by then. But until then, I can offer to you very little other than to say, carry only that which you must. 
If you must pack for yourself, carry only that which is truly yours, only that which is truly necessary. If it is not yours, set it aside, set it down. If it is not your conflict, set it aside. If it is not your creative notion or your interest, set it aside. If it be your passion, then it be worthy even of a bit of density. But if it is not, then by all means alleviate your own conditions. For it is up to many as well to do this, but they will not. They carry their worries and their burdens perhaps more than need be. Until such time the 2008 then, a bit of caution will say, caution for the bodies, caution for their care, caution that they receive adequate rest, caution that they are hydrated well, that they are well sustained, for it is indeed a time of stress for the bodies. But comes rest for them as well, rest for the weary as they say, but in a bit more time. Thank you. Do you wish to conclude the evening? I think the questions are complete from my list. Does anybody have any here? Apparently it's time to conclude. So be it. We offer our thanks, our gratitude for all those who have joined purposefully, for all those in reach of the sound of the words and the vibrations that carry them on wings of light we are for ourselves, for it is truly Gaia's joy that we have shared this eve. So be it to all those that are gathered here and all those that gather elsewhere. We are complete. Until the next time, good eve. If you've enjoyed this experience, I'd like to invite you to visit my website, pepperlewis.com. Thank you for listening to Gaia's Voice.